0: that fear of the unknown, the fear of being laid off, that can consume you.
1: Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast. My name is Martin McGovern, and today we have another episode in the Life After Layoff series, welcoming Alexis Rego uh, Alexis, according to your LinkedIn, it says you are uh, the founder of Marketing Mana, Mana, Mana? Mana. Mana, creating powerful connections between small businesses and customers through strategic marketing and plans. But we always like to put people in the hot seat and ask them the most commonly asked interview questions. So Alexis, tell us about yourself.
0: Well, first of all, thank you, Martin, for having me. You and I I don't know how long we've known each other, 10 years, something yeah. like that. It's <laughs> it's from a long time ago. And I've just like I, I always remember. Just connecting with you. And I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast. Um, so I was born and raised in Hawaii. Oh, wow. And that's where marketing mm-hmm. mana comes from. So I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, one of the things that really stuck with me through Hawaii was Hawaii is really a melting pot of America. Like, truly, everybody celebrates Chinese New Year, everybody celebrates Boys and Girls Day, which is a, a Um, traditional Japanese holiday. I'm not Japanese, but I celebrated it, you know, because that's what we did. We embraced each other's culture and it was so beautiful. And that really had a huge impact in my life that combined with my parents being in advertising. And um, I showed them, I went (laughs) to marketing. (laughs) Oh, I like, system. I'm never gonna be an advertiser. Oh wait, I ended up in marketing, yeah. <laughs> so that's always a good chuckle. Um, but I mean, I was just always surrounded by it. You know, I remember my dad, you know, when I was growing up and he was timing his commercials to make sure that they were within that 30 second frame, you know, yeah. from, from a voiceover perspective. Born and raised in Hawaii, love the outdoors, love culture, love understanding people, love differences and celebrating all of those things, love the warm weather. As we sit here, mm-hmm. in uh, I'm in Naperville, and it's cold outside. Well, it's warm, right? It's 50s, um, but it's it's just like that's just part of who I am, and really always looking for new experiences. Um, and you know, that happened in my career too. So I actually went to undergrad at Brandeis University out um, in a suburb of Boston, and I was a theater arts major because why not?
1: Yeah, it's fun, and
0: then. Yeah, it totally is. And then I lived up and down the East Coast. Um, I was a physical inventory auditor at one point. I uh, worked for agencies. I worked for Jack Morton, an experiential agency in New York City. I was at NBC Page at one point.
1: No way. Um,
0: I was. I was.
2: That's
0: awesome. (laughs) Um, In New York City. Yeah. And then worked for agencies and then wanted a more altruistic route. And so I was actually a logistics director for the Ebon Breast Cancer Three-Day Walk, which was by um, produced by Pilata Teamworks at that point. And then one day one of my friends said, hey, you would like business school. You should check it out. And I was like, Huh, oh, what? Okay, well, I'll try it. And so I looked into it and I studied, you know, I I. Did a lot of studying for the GMAT and I did really well and um, applied to six schools. I got into three and um, chose University of Michigan. Back then it was actually called University of Michigan Business School. Now it's called the Ross School of Business. Um, But that's where I ended up going in Ann Arbor. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Came in thinking I was going to be a um, a consultant. And within a few weeks, I got a taste of the sexy side of branding. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, they come in and they talk to you, and you know, you get excited about all these companies. I'm like, I want to be a brand manager,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: shifted and actually wound up getting. Um, so Michigan doesn't technically have, you know, um, you know, like specialties, you know, or we, we have specialties, right? So it's like I specialized in corporate strategy and marketing strategy, mm-hmm. and absolutely loved that route that I took. So came out in 2003, um, which was the middle of the dot-com bust. Oh my. So yeah, I had never experienced layoffs. And um, so what I experienced was that year, our graduating class, I think it was less than 50% of us had job offers upon graduation, which is crazy because Michigan's a top 10 business school and usually it's like 80 or 90% have job offers and the rest of them are entrepreneurs. And so I had, to, you know, I had to work my way up. And so you know, it took a little time, but within, I don't know, about eight months of graduating, I joined Mintel and I got into the global new products database. So I was looking at trends for packaged goods because that's how I needed to get into CPG or consumer packaged mm. goods. And then I got into Alberto Culver and I was on the Tresemme brand team where I learned a ton um, and eventually left there because my husband, who was back then just a boyfriend, well, he got a job offer down um, to be a, an onsite agency at Burger King in Miami. Cool. Cool, except there's no brand marketing in South Florida, so I like basically did career suicide at oh, that boy. point. Yeah, but you know, good men are hard to find, so I followed <laughs> him down. <laughs> I'm still married, so I don't think I should regret the choice. I think it right?
1: worked out as a good choice. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: I think it worked out. You know, um, 13 years later, crazy. Um, so yeah, so I got into digital marketing. That was my my entry into Mm -hmm. it and, uh, worked for sapient, got a lot of experience, you know, doing landing pages, websites, you know, whatever, whatever it was, I got my feet wet in it. And then I had my first kid Mm -hmm. now, actually, let me, let me back up. Sure. So in 2007, so I joined Sapien in two thousand six, and in two thousand seven, I was working. My client was City Home City Home Equity and City Mortgage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You might you might see where I'm going with this. And then my first kid, he was born in February of two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So when I left, we had just pitch City this like great project. Oh my God, this this website was gonna be phenomenal. I mean, like breaking down silos. Being the trusted brand, all of these great things. And they were green lighting us. And then all of a sudden things kind of paused. And this was in the fall of 2007. Hmm. So I go off, I have I have my baby in, in February of 2008. And when I left, I was a senior account person. There was another senior account person. There were two junior account people and three creatives on these two Citibank accounts. It's a big team. Okay? sizable account, yeah we were responsible for like 25% of the revenue of the office. And then I came back in May and there was one junior account person left oh my gosh. because of the crisis.
1: Yeah. That's when I graduated. I graduated crisis. in 2010.
0: Yeah. Really so bad. this was 2008. This yeah, was so right, right before. when it all burst. Uh-huh. It all just crumbled. And... So by, you know, Sapient had a number of layoffs and in December, it was my time. So December of 2008, I was part of the 10% of the global workforce that was just cut. And I was like, I mean, even now, like my heart is like tightening, my chest is tightening a little bit. And, you know, did I see the writing on the wall? A little bit. But I had never been through it, so I didn't really truly recognize that all of the signs for yeah. what it was.
1: Looking back, what were some of them?
0: So in in the agency world, right, you have to track your time, right? You need a job code, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting job. They weren't giving me job codes, but they were expecting Ooh. me to do the work.
1: Ooh, interesting. And it was it was
0: it was like really high up, and I was like, what? What? No, like I, I, I want to do the work, but I need it. I need to code my time. So yeah. help me. There were maybe just not being included in meetings, you know, I mean, the rest of my team had either been, they left for on their own accord, you know, to, I don't, I don't know if any of them were laid off while I was on maternity leave, but they were all just either redirected or some people had left. And that was really upsetting because it was an amazing team, like still to this day, one of my most favorite teams I've ever worked with. Yeah you know, you're asking, you're asking a woman who, so you don't have kids yet. The first year of your kid's life, you don't sleep that much, Martin. So I don't really truly remember a bunch during that time, but I'm sure that there were more signs that I'm just not thinking about. Um, you You know, but it was just like everybody, this, you know, the whole financial crisis that was crumbling all the markets and the first place, that people cut is their marketing budget.
1: That always happens, like that is the common theme in the marketing world that everyone gets nervous about. It's like copywriters and like creatives go first, then the account people, and then the whole marketing team sometimes and and things like that. So tell, yeah, keep going with that. And it's a
0: mistake, it's Mm -hmm. a mistake, right? Because people, okay, so back then there was a lot of supply and not a lot of demand in the, mm-hmm. in the housing market, right? However, there's still, you know, people still need services. People still have mortgages to pay. People are still looking for, you know, better rates if they were mm-hmm. there, which I don't think they were. Um, so to companies that believe that the first thing you cut is marketing, you got to spend some, you've got to continue to put your brand out there. I mean, if the most established brands like Coke and Nike and Disney are still advertising mm-hmm. after all of these years, that just shows you need to feed it, right? You need to continue. It might look different. You, might be ha- you may have a different message, but it's so important to always... Always market whatever it is you're selling, however big you are or however small you are. So that's one of the, you know, companies think they're trimming and, the fat.
1: Right. And one thing I really want to hit on that, because I'm so glad you mentioned it, is individuals also need to continually put themselves out there and market themselves. And and one of the things that I'm trying to dispel with this um, podcast is the idea of job security. I just, I don't really believe in job security. I don't believe it's a thing. And, and, you know, like you said, if Coca-Cola and Nike are still buying billboards and bus stops, when everyone literally in the world has heard of their brand, that means Mm -hmm. you have to stay top of mind and you have to be on your game if you want to be able to compete. And that's, uh. I think that's just a very, you know, important thing for people to realize in here because layoffs happen and we don't want to be a brand with no awareness in, in a way to put it a little bit too, a little bit too facetiously, but you, you see, you see where I'm going with that.
0: Absolutely. And a job search can be a full-time job. Yeah. And then when you're getting up to speed at a new job, that's like, you know, the fire hose, right? Coming at you and, you know, you're learning new systems, processes, teams, what a product service, right? Offering, Mm -hmm. you're learning all of those new things, but it's so important to stay in touch with your network throughout the years so that you can reach out and be like, Hey, you just had your 200th podcast. (laughs) Congratulations, you. you know? But but that's that's what it is. It's taking the time to say, "Hey, I see you. I care about you, and I think what you're doing is really cool, and it's really important."
1: Speaking you know? of, I found our introductory email. Uh, Did Paula, you? Paula introduced us, so shouts to Paula.
0: That's <laughs> I to awesome. Paula
1: In 2013, May of 2013. Okay, so only
0: seven years, only seven years.
1: (laughs) It's so crazy. It's like, good morning, Um, Martin and Alexis. I love it.
0: But that's how it starts, right? Yeah. And there's there's no shame in that. And the thing is, people want to help other people. Yeah. So, so many times I've been in places where layoffs have happened and there are good people you know, sometimes it feels personal. Sometimes it doesn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes it's 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 just in the nature of the beast. You know, an acquisition happens, and whoever is acquired, well, you know, there are personal choices and personal relationships on the other side. Right. So you know, it's it's never pretty. And honestly, I, I think when I think back on my career and I think back on my layoffs, plural.
2: Hmm.
0: There were times when I thought, maybe I shouldn't be in marketing. Hmm. And then there were times when I thought, this is the good swift kick in the Ocole that I need to take my career further because I know I can do more. Really, really quick. Yeah. I
1: want to I rewind just a little bit. When you went through that first layoff, how did it happen? Like, what were the logistics of it a little bit? Because one of the things, because you mentioned you've been through a few of these, I almost want to compare and contrast how the layoffs went down because that's one of the things people are most scared of. And mm-hmm. a big thing that I've been harping on lately is to get away from hoping things go right in life to just getting really good at responding when things go wrong. And mm-hmm. and knowing all the different ways things can happen help us prepare for the eventualities. So what what when you actually had that first layoff there, what, how did they go about it? They tap you on the shoulder. Was it an email, a phone call? I don't think we had Zoom I think it was a then. meeting.
0: I think it was a meeting appeared on my calendar. Oh yeah? You know, it, oh yeah. I think it was one of those. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was a small agency. We were like a hundred people or so. Um, so everybody knew the HR person, you know, and she and I had a great relationship. Um, I'm trying to remember, I may have called in sick that day or something or worked <laughs> from home or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. And not not because of that, right? Okay. So it may have been over the phone. On top of that, my manager actually worked out of New York, and I was in Miami. So there was definitely a phone element to it mm-hmm. But they handled it with grace. They really, cool. truly did. Um, they set me up with um, one of those, you know, like a like a, um, what do they call it? Those firms, you know, that help you
2: out with placement. your resume
0: and yeah, like an outplacement yeah. firm. Um, and I think it was one of the big ones and they gave me a month's notice, which was really nice. nice. So it wasn't, you know, and I think my manager cool. at one point encouraged me to do a job search during the work day, which, I, and I was awesome. like, no, 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 I, I need to do my work, you know? <laughs> so That's it interesting.
1: was that is really well, interesting. Well, um, I, I
0: I didn't want to leave people, you know, in a in a bad place. Right. But I yeah. did, you know. So it was. I mean, you know, they really did it with as much grace as possible. And you know, my manager did act as a reference for a while. Great. So, you know, it it was what it was. What it did was three months later, a, I found a job and was able to move back to Chicago. Awesome. And we had our first son at that point and my parents were in Chicago. So it was, that was the kick we needed. That was the kick we needed to get back home.
1: And that's great that it only took you three months. What do you think set you apart to be able to get it done? I mean, three to six months is the average pre-pandemic, but what do you think you did to really set yourself up for success during that change?
0: Well, come on, I'm awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you got Motivated Mom right in your uh, Twitter name. Yeah, I love it.
0: So what did I do? I, I mean, honestly, I really did a lot. I mean, when I was at Sapient, I, I was helping actually get bills paid, you know, like millions of dollars of invoices paid. Um, I established processes. I helped the account team and the creative team do things like have briefs. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, You know, I helped manage client expectations so that you weren't on round 543 for, you know, an ad. I was able to write my resume in a way that reflected context action result and highlighted my achievements instead of just my responsibilities. Um, I also used my network. I've reached out to people and I said, Hey, I want to move back to Chicago. And I also, I didn't, um, I didn't lie. I said, I've been laid off. This is what happened. This is what I'm looking for. Who in your network can I meet?
1: I like how and you phrase a, that. Who in your network can I meet? Not, do you have a job for me? It's a big right, difference that between that
0: That closes the conversation because oftentimes people won't have a job.
1: Yeah, most people and then don't. The
0: conversation's done. Who should I meet with? Who can I talk to? And it's not even to talk to about a job, it's just who can I talk to?
1: Yeah, that I love that. And I think one of the things that I'm we're hitting on in this conversation that I think sometimes as a coach who has a background in marketing and advertising, I forget a little bit is how much of an edge being in the marketing and branding world gives you when it comes to something like a job search, because it really plays right into the skill set. It's not like I'm a mathematician learning how to communicate for the first time. I'm a communicator learning how to communicate myself, right? So (laughs) it's a little bit of a a leg up the same way, you know, someone who's in finance doing their own taxes is going to save a lot more money than I would. And like these things like really play into it. So, you know, being in the marketing world helps. And as a marketer, as someone who's like, you know, truly expert in this field. What marketing types of perspectives do you think help you the most in the job search? Uh,
0: listening for pain points. So identifying the pain points of what, uh, you know, what a prospective employer is looking for. Why is this position open? Is it new? Okay, great. What are they hoping to fill? What is the goal? How are you going to, um, you you know, what does a successful candidate look like? What have they done in the first three months, six months, a year? Um, you know, it's, it's funny because I can market anything. Mm-hmm. I could probably market you better than you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> when it comes, when it comes to me, it's so, for whatever reason, all of a sudden you're just too close, you know? Well, that's and so where the marketer
1: gets stuck, right? The marketer is great mm-hmm. at knowing what to do, but as soon as the spotlight goes backwards-
0: <laughs> It's like, what?
1: Every marketer- freezes. I have value? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But, that, you know, but that's what it is. And that's why, I mean, I took a long time to really truly craft my resume and make sure that I was highlighting those achievements and accomplishments, not just responsibilities. And so that's how I know I was in charge of more than twenty five percent of the revenue of the office because I was looking for those numbers. Yeah, how many people know that? You know, and that that's a lot. It's a lot. But I was also a senior account person, so it you know it is what it is. But um, so I really think listening, listening to the hiring team, listening to the the uh, the cross functional team that you you're working with listening to any direct reports that you may have, and really just trying to find that fit, understand the culture of the company. I used to ask, where do people eat lunch? Hmm. Do they eat at their desk? Do they go out? Is there a common area? Is there a common area, but people still eat at their desk? You know, that tells you a lot. Um, Did you ask this
1: during informational interviews or during real interviews?
0: during real interviews. Yeah. I mean if I had the opera, because I didn't always have the opportunity for informational. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because you can't, you know, you could say, yeah, tell me about your culture. How do people celebrate birthdays? How you know whatever. And again, agency world is a little different than other worlds. You know, we're a little more um I don't want to call us frou foo, but woo-woo. you know, woo-woo. There's a little more woo-woo going on. Um, but there's there's so many aspects of a culture and i've worked for lots of different companies i've worked for empowering companies i've worked for companies that have cultures of fear Mm. and let me tell you it's a lot more fun to work for the empowering culture for sure you know so um so yeah so it it was i'm not sure where no worries (laughs) what question i'm supposed to be answering right now? i think you
1: answered it perfect i i think okay (laughs) The, the other thing that I have on my mind here, because you just mentioned, there's cultures that are empowering and cultures that are run by fear. And those toxic cultures, I think, are really interesting. Have any of your layoffs happened from those toxic cultures?
0: Yeah, that
1: All was right. my last one. Okay. That was the
0: one that, that, that I finally was like, you know what?
1: The straw on the camel's take- back
0: it's time to take matters in, in full control of my career and my destiny. So my last, and I should say, so now I'm an entrepreneur. I've been working for myself for two and a half years and yeah, I yeah. love it. I love <laughs> it every single day, no matter how hard it gets, you know, and there's just, there's only room for growth right now, but my last corporate job. So I did eventually switch from agency to corporate. Yeah, I was there for a little over three years or so just a like just about three years. And I came in, in the middle of a huge layoff. Oof. So that should have been red flag number one. Mm-hmm. And it was a red flag, but I really wanted to become a homeowner.
1: <laughs> it is funny how life and work tie together in that way, right?
0: You, you know, I mean, th- listen, we all want to make money. Corporate pays well. Sometimes you get great teams, sometimes you get great culture, sometimes you get great products, sometimes you get all of it, Yeah. and sometimes you even get paid well. And so I was, even though I was coming in the middle of a huge layoff, you know, I got the paycheck I needed to get into a house so that my two kids didn't have to worry about Chicago public school systems and all of the layoffs and funding issues that have been going on for years and years and years. But I came in and I really liked the team that I was coming into. You know, at the time I think he was a VP, eventually became an SVP um, and my manager, I really liked her. And I was coming in supposedly to run a $10 million budget, right? Awesome on a brand that was an e-commerce brand, fine. And I was gonna have a team, I think of one, like in addition to me. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna be responsible for advertising and branding. I struck it gold! I struck yeah. gold, right? And it was great and I come in and uh, you know, I'm like loving who I'm working with, learning as much as I can. And it was so fantastic. And I get an RFP out. And I mean, this RFP was the creme de la creme. Yeah, the world's best. It it was. I I think it was like nine pages. And agencies, you know, and I I was like, I'm not going to be wooed by these agencies. You know, you will have this date to ask me questions. The questions and answers will be shared with everyone so that nobody has a competitive, you know, nobody has an advantage. There's no insider knowledge. I mean, I was like square do not go outside of it it was so and it was just so good and you know so we were evaluating all the companies and then we you know made the, the offers for the rfps and then we were evaluating all of the actual rfps which i think there were like six companies and then we had like the actual presentations and i was about to make my choice and, and, and no i made my choice and i was about to sign and get my svp to sign and then they said, change your direction. We're not going to focus on this brand anymore. You're now going to run email, mobile, and social for all 1,200 of our white label stores. Oh, gosh. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. Sounds like a great learning opportunity. <laughs> not what I signed up for.
1: Positivity so, all day. <laughs> like,
0: you're right. And I was like, okay, but I like to learn. And by the way, this was within... I think four months of me being hired and Mm -hmm. doing all of that stuff. And so I was like, okay, okay, I can do this and put on, you know, my smile and went to town and started learning and hired two people. And so not only was I new to this industry, but the two people coming in were new to the industry. And so I had a social media person. I had an email person. I had an existing text message person, basically Um, who had been with the company for 10 years. So she had this huge wealth of knowledge and it was great. And we just learned and we worked so hard and we got the marketing ROI and we figured out how many emails should be in a campaign and where, you know, how we could optimize it. And, you know, it was great. And then all of a sudden I was like in the middle of this data exploration. And by then my manager who had hired me was let go
2: mm-hmm.
0: As their culture of layoffs, it, it just continued. Not as massive as when I was brought in, but it just kind of leaked through. Yeah. And so I got a, I got a new manager Um. she was, you know, up and comer uh, and somebody, you know, who read the trades. And next thing you know, she's talking about marketing automation systems. And so then I had to learn all about marketing automation systems. And then I had to implement Oracle.
1: You're hitting on on a thing that, that I want to really call out here. Cause when we're, when we're job searching and this is something that I see all the time, everyone is trying to be so like polished and honest, like honest to a fault, right? Like people are like, I need to tell them that I, And like, I've done this much to the day of this software. And I've like, I don't have exactly three years. I have like 2.75 years. And like, everyone is so focused on these little itty bitty details that are in all the job listings and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're asking for five years of experience. I've only got, you know, and we turn around and we accept the job at a company. And then they go, actually, we changed your role. Actually, we changed your manager. Actually, we changed your team. I know we promised you that we're family and that we all love each other, but you're laid off now. And like, this disconnect is so fascinating to me, um, where like the power dynamic is so all over the place in a way. And I don't know, I'm just curious of your thoughts on that, having gone through so many different types of experiences at good places and at, at rougher places and, and do you have anything any thoughts around how you can keep yourself sane through <laughs> <the> process?
0: Well <laughs> I don't know if I can guarantee sanity. <laughs> um, I'm still here though so I guess I'm doing something yeah, right? yeah. I, I think there's a couple of things. I mean one is just from a female perspective. And I've been guilty of this. And I coach, I have coached um, people with resumes before, like job searching. And I help people remember that when you look at a job, you know, job description, and there's the requirements, right? Mm -hmm. Requirements, that means you must have it. So women will read 10 requirements and they'll say, well, I've got nine out of the 10 of them, but it's a requirement and I don't have that 10th. I guess I can't apply. Mm -hmm. Men will read the same thing and be like, oh yeah, I've done six out of 10. I'm good. So there's that. So first, what I would like to say is if you are a woman, do not disqualify yourself. Let them make that choice. Second, there's no loyalty. This is not our parents or grandparents' generation where they worked for companies for 10, 20, 30 years, where they got pensions, where their loyalty was rewarded with watches or, you know, whatever, you know, a trip to Barbados, Mm -hmm. wherever people would go. That's not what's happening. There is absolutely no loyalty whatsoever. The challenge is how do you show that you're committed Mm -hmm. while still staying in touch with your network, keeping a pulse on the marketplace and working with your manager to make sure that you're contributing as much as you can to the company's success, but also to your success. Yeah, I used to leave companies in my twenties all the time. I would go to my managers and say, I'm bored. <laughs> at NBC desktop video where we were putting roadshows on the internet in the late nineties. And I went to my manager and I said, I'm bored.
1: Fascinating. I have
0: developed this system. I can get MSNBC over here and record a roadshow for an IPO within an hour. And that's only because I don't know what the traffic is from Secaucus over mm-hmm. to the city. And they didn't know what to do with me. So I wound up leaving and I went, I went to another company. So how do you retain, how do you listen to your, your employees, know what their wants are, know how they want to grow. Some people might not. Some people may want to just come in, do their job, check out and go home right? Or
1: work from home. You know what I mean? Well, and that's a but that's an interesting, like, I think a lot of times when we think about companies or we think about employees, we always generalize, right? But there's such a wide range. Like I was talking to someone who does hiring and she said, "Uh, you know, sometimes someone will come in and they're incredible and I won't hire them. And I'm like, why? She's like, I don't want that person on my team because we're not that kind of team. We're a team of like, Management. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it, but that, that's what she said. And I was trying to process it. And, I'm, and she's like, "That person would probably be bored on this team." I guess. I. I don't really know exactly. What she was get like what her perspective was on it, but I took that as like, "Huh, wow." Sometimes, depending on the company, like I've been told in an interview before, I was interviewing at this large uh, university, and they looked at all my startup background and like my entrepreneurship stuff, and they they just in the middle of the interview said, "Are you sure you're going to want to work here?" We think you're gonna be bored. And I was like, Good. I was like, well, I really want a job right now. So yes, I want to work here. <laughs> 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 but but that I mean, they did they were they were right. I I would have been incredibly bored in that role. And it would have definitely mm-hmm. caused some issues for both them and me. So I think it's really good exactly. that you're calling that out because we need to find environments that we can that we can stay engaged in. Otherwise, you know, you get that person who's like 15 years in and they're like. Their brain is mashed potatoes. (laughs) They don't even know what's going on anymore.
0: And and again, the thing is, you know, one culture doesn't fit everybody, right? It's not a one size fits all. Maybe a military person, um, you know, like somebody who has served for our country, maybe they are much better in a more structured environment. Whereas someone who's a serial entrepreneur, they need the flexibility and the autonomy to grow and you know experience stuff a university might have a lot of red tape that you can't get through and then that just causes frustration but there's also research universities that are looking for the innovative new whatever and so maybe you can create some kind of internal consultant position that allows you to stretch and grow and mm-hmm. you know it's kind of funny that a university position wouldn't allow someone to grow
1: it's right? kind of ironic, right?
0: <laughs> That's crazy. I
1: didn't even think about it that way. Yeah.
0: But I mean, but so what's, what's a good culture for me may not be a good culture for you or for Sally or John or whoever. So it's important to know what kind of environment you work best in um, pre COVID a long time ago. Yeah. I used to say 10 years ago. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. I used to say um, if you want, me to thrive. The way I work best is collaboration Mm -hmm. and meetings and talking with people. If you want me to die, put me in a corner with my computer and nobody around me. And that's just, but that's because I'm an extrovert. Yeah. So it, it, you know, everything is, everything is, is different. Um, Everything, you know, in terms of you were asking earlier about, oh my gosh, my mind is totally... I mean, this is, I got to stop doing mind. these on
1: Friday afternoons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to start taking notes. Um, but you were, you were asking something about, you know, the different cultures.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting how like the type of environment that we're in, you know, I think there's like this sense of loyalty that is almost brainwashed into people. Uh, when they get into the workforce and and even before like college sort of brainwashes us to be these minions or drones or whatever not a, not that college is bad I'm just like you know there's like right. a mindset that you see and and you know one of the things I like about entrepreneurship and and like the hustle culture is like don't just get comfortable like don't ever get comfortable like there's always something else that's going to come by and blindside you get ready and then there's the unhealthy side of that but but even stoicism which I study a lot is like, you know, if, if you're, if you need a cup of coffee to get up in the morning, you're addicted to that coffee and you are weaker because of it or whatever the thing might be. It could be, it could be like, you can't take a cold shower and you're so they, they take it to a different extreme, but there's all these different things that I think when we're job searching, when we are in a job and we're scared to leave, when, you know, the, the common thing that Mm -hmm. keeps coming up in this podcast is I was let go and it was scary. But I, when I got home, I felt a sense of relief I had never felt before. And that feeling I think is fascinating because everyone's so scared of getting laid off. I know I was so scared my entire life. I'm like, Oh my God, if I get laid off my career's over and it's just not true. It's like, there's so many failures that you can have and still keep going. It's, it's unbelievable. And so I think it's interesting to keep in mind that like these tox like, like toxic companies aren't trying necessarily to be toxic. They just don't know what they're doing, right? Or like there's all sorts of different reasons. So the, the thing that's really in my mind is like you talked through the good layoff, right? The one that went so mm-hmm. nice and they were really supportive and they gave you a month. What was the toxic layoff like?
0: Yeah. So um So I was there for three years. I talked about, you know, how my job shifted within four months. And then I was given this huge responsibility. And then I had a team of three. And then, um, you know, layoffs were continuing. And you just never knew. They weren't transparent about Mm -hmm. it. And I think that fear that you were talking about, that fear of the unknown, the fear of being laid off, that can consume you. And you can't live like that. You, you just, you can't, mm-hmm. you have to go in every day, giving your best, putting your best foot forward, treating people with kindness um, and helping them out and doing your job, you know? Um, it always cracks me up when in job interviews, they would say, well, how would, how would you motivate your team to do their work? And I'm like, well, shouldn't they be doing their work? Right. They? Okay. So, you know, and, and yeah, sometimes you do need to motivate your team. Um, So over a year and a half, then all of a sudden layoffs started to happen. Like it was it was really bad. First, what happened is the woman that was with me who had been there for 10 years, she she was trying to move up and I was trying my best to promote her, but I had no say in any kind of advancement,
2: Hmm.
0: which that's weird, right? Yeah. That's weird. And that's just how it was. You know, obviously, I reviewed her. I gave her the best things. I was asking. I just didn't have that power. And it wasn't me, it was how the system was set up. So she left and they didn't replace her. So yep. layoffs come in all different sizes and shapes and look different to everybody. And then.
1: Well, sometimes they just. Not- yeah. Like, like sometimes they just. Make it bad enough for you to quit. (laughs) Like that's a layoff in a way. Yeah.
0: And then, so about eight months later, I found out the day before that my social media guy was going to get laid off. And again, I wasn't part of the decision. And that was a a round of much bigger. There were, you know, like you people go in this room. You people go in this room, this room. Bye. Yeah. I was, I was not at work. That day. I don't remember why. Um, I think I was working from home, whatever was happening. And um, I was working from I was home not, on
1: the layoff days. <laughs>
0: I know, I know, right? How lucky. <laughs> How lucky for me. I mean, there I, I have been in the office yeah, when layoffs yeah. have happened, and it's just it it breaks your heart, you know, whether it's you or it's the person next to you. And, you know, I reached out to him and, you know tried my very best to help him, Aunt said, I will help, you know, I will help you with your thing. And quite honestly, I don't think he trusted me for a long time, because I think he thought I was part of the reason. And I wasn't. Oh, wow. So luckily, he eventually did find another job. um, You know, and I think eventually he heard from other people that I really didn't have anything to do with it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of reputation that happens. There's a lot of guilt. Um, there's survivor's guilt, right? And then it's, well, who's picking up all of their work?
1: That's the big question.
0: That was you. me. Yeah. And that was a lot because that was 1200 social media accounts. Oh my that's a God. lot.
1: Oh my God, you that's know? so many.
0: That's a lot. And they're all customized, right? Because yeah. they're all white label. There was it was it wasn't fun anymore. I used to say at that job, I come in and like at least every other day, I am laughing so hard, I'm crying. Yeah. And after a year and a half, it 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 was just tears. It wasn't there wasn't the laughter anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking. I was looking as fast as I could, as best I could, and I just wasn't finding anything that was out there that was what I wanted to do. You know, I, uh, I love marketing strategy. And what I was finding was, okay, well, you need to do the strategy. But, oh, by the way, you also need to be an Adobe Illustrator.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: That's the other so.
1: thing. That's the other thing is all these, you, when, when layoffs happen, they tend to take that job the person had, or they take two or three jobs that people had, merge them together and post it. And they say, well, mm-hmm. let's see if we can get one person to do what four people did. That's crazy. Right.
0: Well, and also, so not only what four people do, but four people that have very specific skill sets. Yeah. You know, from a strategy perspective, I can look at art and I can tell you what is good and what is not, and what is clear and what is not. But no, I'm not an art director and mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a designer at all. Never claimed to be. Right. So I just wasn't seeing anything that was right. So I kept looking, kept working, kept working, kept working and started to hear rumors of another mass layoff. And so I actually called HR and said, hey, can I volunteer to be in the next round of layoffs? Because if I get laid off, that would probably save two people.
1: Wow, I've never heard of someone volunteer for a layoff. Fascinating.
0: Martin, I'm, I'm unique. You're, you're,
1: you're- <laughs> You're on a different level over here. I like it.
0: I I am unique. Well, I mean, I wasn't having fun, right? And it was the kind of thing where, you know, you're talking about the emotion that goes along with it. I would drive to work and get these knots in my stomach. Yeah, it was awful. Like I really thought I had an ulcer. I didn't, but it was just like it was really like it was aging me. I was starting to look like Stress I mean, really does physically some serious stuff old. to folks. Yeah. It really does. It really does. And my gut was just all messed up. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't worth it. And by the way, it was like, things were happening at home with my kids and they were feeling the effects of it. And, you know, one of my sons really truly battles with anxiety. And he he was really young at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually working from home so I could be there for him. Even though I wasn't like, if anything, sometimes he would like crawl into my lap and just hug me and I'd be typing. <laughs> He'd be like straddled, Doing you know,
1: typing over. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and I'd be tight ty- and I'd be typing because he was small. He was like three or four at the time, um, maybe five. And, you know, and I, so I would just be typing away, at, but he would get mommy time. And so, um, and so there was a point where I did actually have to take a family leave and I did that right around the time like it was like right after i asked for the um the layoff and i said i'd love to work together and just figure this out because i didn't want it to be the unknown right because that unknown of when it's going to happen that's the worst it is you and you can assume it's going to be on a friday you can just make that assumption yeah or it's going to be the end of a pay period just for ease but just that unknown, its oh, it, does, it doesn't feel good. And so I had my leave of absence and then I came back and they, so the culture was very much one of fear. And at that point, my email person had quit, gone to another job. And they gave that role to somebody who didn't have email experience. So great opportunity for them, right? Because they could learn email, but- They had
1: never even sent an email.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And now you're sending complex emails that has customized content for 1200 different white label brands. Especially
1: if it has any HTML, those things are incredibly- No, 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 this was
0: like, this was through Oracle responses. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, this is Tough. like huge databases of millions and millions of people. I mean, just so much, so much. Remember that marketing automation system I talked about? Yeah, that was me implementing Oracle responses by taking a whole bunch of disparate data systems, mashing them all together, finding email addresses like from some servers that hadn't ever got to our, like.
1: Everyone, thinks, everyone thinks marketing is madmen, but what you just described, you've never seen Don Draper merging data sets. <laughs>
0: No, no. That's see. That's advertising. Yeah, that's advertising. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Uh, or that's the advertising side of marketing. So um, yeah, no. Digital marketing is is its own beast. It definitely mm-hmm. is. I learned a ton. I learned so much in those three years. Um, but so I come back to work, and it was very much like a, a fire drill kind of culture. You know, very reactive. And when I came back, I had another manager. So this was my fourth manager in three years. And they said, you know what? Just document everything you know. Just document everything. Oh yeah. And as soon as they said that, I was like, All right, I see the writing on the wall. How long is this going to happen? And I figured I had I probably had a month, right? Because of like leave of absence and what have you. Yeah, I was like, I probably have about 30 days. And I think it was on day 30. I'm driving into work. I had just heard that my best friend's mother had stomach cancer. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, and I'm driving into work. I hear, you know, I hear this and, uh, I go in, go to my desk, start my job, my manager, really nice guy. Um, he comes over, looks a little pale. I think maybe a little touch on the shoulder. And he's like, he's like, come with me, please. And I was like, okay. And we start walking. He's like, how's your day? I'm like, well, not great. Just learned my best friend's mom has stomach cancer. And he's like, oh, and didn't really say much. And next thing you know, it's the three of us me, him, and HR. And HR. And HR. HR, they got it such a bad rap. I know, and you know, every day in that month, I'm when I'm driving to work, that huge pit in my stomach is it going to happen today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess it's not, you know. And so, in that day, I was like, All right, and all of a sudden, the pit disappears, it just like gone. And I sit down and they start reading from a script and I said, "Guys, can we just be human? Please just talk to me." Okay. And my poor manager, I mean, he was like nervous and shaky and you know, he didn't want to have to do it. And you know, he's looking over at HR like, "Can can I be human?" Can we just have a conversation?
1: And HR was like, should we call the legal team?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I think there was a little bit of a sticking to the script, but I was like, hey, this is okay. I'm going to be fine. And, you know, and they gave, I think they gave me, I think I had outplacement with them too, but it was immediate, like pack up your things and thank you.
1: And what I'm hearing from you over all these different experiences and, and we're just going to focus on these two. And I know there's other stories to tell, but I mean, that's the advertising world, right? Like that's marketing and advertising. Yeah. You have to quit and move companies to get more money and get higher roles and things like that. And, y- you know, you're inspiring me to create another series about quitting stories. And yeah, I think like, um, you know, I I've been told the career suicide thing as well before. And, and, and these things I think, you build up a resilience. It's almost like you're inoculating yourself with every transition over time to just be stronger and stronger and stronger. And like the Mm -hmm. first one, it bites. Right. But Hey, you Mm -hmm. had a great experience even with the first one. And then maybe you quit some jobs and that inoculates you in a few ways. And then you go through a really rough one and that inoculates you to like the negative side of things. And eventually you're just sitting there being like, Hey, let's be human. Like, can we just talk? Cause I've been through this before and it's not going to kill me. And I think that's the level that I'm hoping people who are listening can get to in their career where Mm -hmm. it's like the company, isn't working with me anymore. I turn around, I do my own thing. I do that until I find another company or I expand that to what I want it to be. And so like the big thing that I'm, that I am encouraging folks is, is to have this experience, these experiences you've had to, to go through it and realize that every time you go through this, you get better and you get stronger and you get more aware and more knowledgeable of how to, you know, navigate these waters. And, and one of the things that I really would love to, to, hear your perspective on is, you know, you said this was the the last straw. This is what made you go start your own thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I have known each other a long time. I know you've always had like volunteer gigs and other things going on outside of work. You know, how did that happen? Like when, how long had you been thinking about it before? Or was it something that spurred from this last one? You know, what what, what was the story behind what you're doing today?
0: So back in 2009, after one of my other layoffs, Mm -hmm. I wanted to start my own job, but I had a one-year-old and people said, people said, and I listened, which was stupid. They said, don't start a job. It's like having a kid. It's like having a baby. You won't have any time. You already have a baby. Mm -hmm. So I had the idea back in 2009 to be focused on customer strategy and marketing. And so after, so I got laid off in 2017, this time, this last time. And I took time. Like, first of all, after any layoff, give yourself a break, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like, acknowledge it. It stinks. And then acknowledge it. I'm free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then acknowledge oh, now I really need to do something better. And I need to find something. And what is that? And what was it that I was wanting to do? And that's why it's always so important to stay in touch with your your network and know the opportunities, right? So give yourself some time to detox. have a good cry, have a good laugh, have wine, wide, you know, whatever it is. If you need to take a break because you can't carry any negative energy into an interview ever. You can't, you know, there's always going to be something that you learned from a situation, whether it's good people, whether it's implementing a marketing automation system, whether it's running, you know, like you came in to do this job and then it came into this job. Well, okay. Look at all the things that I learned and look at how much I grew and look how much um, marketing ROI I increased. Right. So there's, there's always things you can learn and grow from. And so I needed to detox. I, I, I did. And so I did, but then the phone started ringing. I wasn't even looking and the phone started ringing. So I was thrown into the interview process probably about two weeks to a month too soon. Mm. And, but I said, you know what, if they're calling me and I need to brush up, so let's go. And I made it pretty far with a couple, like, Some I was top two candidate, unfortunately, I was number two. Um, Sometimes it was just not the right culture, sometimes not the right job, whatever it was. And I kept looking and looking and looking, and I just wasn't finding anything. And I finally said, you know what, I actually worked with a coach. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I said, I'm in like Dante's Inferno, you know? And I'm, I'm not in hell, I'm not in heaven. I'm just in that holding pattern. And that is like, that's crazy for me. Yeah. I can't do this. Like I need Purgatory. direction, I need to know. Yes, and I was like, what is going on? I need direction. And within four sessions and a lot of really, really hard work on my part, she was able to hear what I wanted to do, which is what I wanted to do back in 2009. But now it was 2018, nine mm-hmm. years later. Wow with two kids, both elementary school age, but it didn't matter because they were elementary school age. And so that's when I said, okay, I'm gonna start a marketing strategy consultancy and I'm gonna focus on being the voice of the customer. And I'm going to help people with marketing, mission, vision, branding, messaging, customer journey, anything that's strategy and i'm going to not work on all of the execution because that was the part of the job i didn't like because all that's right. the fire drill part of the job and a lot of people get so focused on the tactics but they don't have a good strategy in place and if you take the time to do a good strategy then your tactics surprisingly work better yeah. not all the time <laughs> right you st- it's still marketing right you still, still have to marketing. test and that's so true and and you know sometimes things work and they don't and you don't know why but that's fine you go back and you look at your strategy and if your strategy is aligned with your mission and your vision and it's aligned with your goal, a very smart goal, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based, then chances are you're going to have really good things to work with. And so that's when I was like, all right. And I started, so I started with my coach at the end of March. And by the end of April, I had started my company. I had established an LLC in the state of Illinois. it. It was awesome. And you know what? So here's, here's how I know here's how I know I made the right choice. So when I made that choice, I called my best friend and I was like, I'm going to start a consultancy. And she's like, that's great. And I said, I feel so excited. I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted from my shoulders. But I should feel the weight of the world on my shoulders because there's (laughs) so much to do. And I was like, that's how I know I made the right choice for me. And so I could play the could have shut a game right i Mm -hmm. could you know waste time thinking about all the things i could have done the past nine years but instead you focus forward and i hit the ground running and i just started networking and started you know volunteering like crazy because by then you know we had moved to naperville and nobody really knew me in the business community because my old company was not in naperville Mm -hmm. so it was a neighbor thrill, in. as they
1: say, you
0: know, uh, huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so it's just been, it's been a learning. Oh my God. I'm learning so much. You know, I have my MBA. I am learning so oh, yeah. much.
1: Nothing teaches so you more much. than the real world.
0: Oh yeah. No, but it's like, not only, cause remember I have over 20 years of marketing experience in yeah. all different kinds of industries, all different, you know, sizes, shapes, you name it but it's so exciting and I love it. And so over, over the past two and a half years, I started off just doing project work. Then I started doing marketing um, what I called mastermind workshops, you know, teaching people how to do it. Then I started doing hourly consulting or what I called you, me and a whiteboard. And that's, that's like super fun. Cause you just walk in and you're like, all right, what do you got for me? Throw it at me. And then it's just like crazy collaboration and just good time and structure and process and, you know, simple steps that are actionable and that my client, you know, moves forward and gets their marketing to the new level.
1: That's awesome. Um,
0: and then I started mastermind groups, you know where you meet on a weekly basis for accountability. Um, last year I was helping people with their resume and the part I left with that was I don't wanna call myself a resume writer cause I wasn't writing the resume but I was digging for the stories to get that context action result and to help them see their value because so many people, when they do go through a layoff, they don't feel valued. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say to anybody who's listening is you did contribute value. You did. You have to figure out what that value was. And their loss for not keeping you around. There are other companies out there and they're going to see your value. But You need to look and see what you did to understand you did contribute. You weren't just responsible for X, Y, and Z. You made a difference. You made an impact. And for whatever reason, a business decision had to be made, and that involved playing new off. So what are you going to do? How are you going to move forward in the world and bring your value and your contributions and find that next new company that is going to appreciate you?
1: Yeah, I love it. Know what value you provided, know what value you want to provide and take it to the next level. That's where it's at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so this is, you know, so now today I've got, you know, our, I've got a mix. I've got mastermind groups, I've got hourly consulting and I actually have a proposal for a project. Um,
1: I love it. That,
0: uh, yeah. So and I'm
1: really how can people excited find you? about it. How can people so find people you? So people can
0: find me on LinkedIn. I'll drop my, um, you know, LinkedIn Um, I'm not, I'm not as, you know, frequent on Twitter as I should be. (laughs) Facebook isn't really the best place for B2B marketing. So LinkedIn is really the best way. And I'll drop
1: my, we'll put your link right here and and people can see it. My
0: personal and my company one. Wonderful. And there's some good stuff and it's fun. It's fun. Like guys, life is too short. Like, I I just want to end with this. Life is too short. You have to do what you love because you work a lot and with COVID and I mean, literally work being in your home now, you got to do what you love. So figure out what that is. Try different things. You know, worst case you fail, get up, try something else, right? Don't keep doing the same thing over and over. Try a different thing. If you really like brand, but maybe CPG is not your thing. Maybe pharmaceutical is, or maybe luxury or Telecom or whatever. I mean, just like don't be afraid to try. Put yourself out there and have fun. Because before you know it, you're gonna be old. (laughs) (laughs) So make an impact. Have fun.
1: I think we got (laughs) to leave it at that, Alexis. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is wonderful catching up and going deeper into your story. I, you know, I hadn't heard these before, and it's always great to get, you know more layers of the parfait, right? <laughs> so um, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Or as I say, mahalo.
1: Mahalo. Thanks so much for stopping by this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. And if you're curious about what we do here at Career Therapy, head on over to www careertherapy.com to see all of our coaching options, resources, and links to other things we got going on. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, something that you've gone through a transition you've experienced in your career, whether it's getting a job after college or going through a layoff or getting back into the workforce after raising your family, we would love to hear from you. Head over to linkedin.com Slash in slash Martin McGovern and shoot me a DM. Let me know what's going on. And I really like to share your story with the world. What we're trying to do here is really normalize the emotional side of the job search because we all go through it. We all have tough times in our careers. And sharing these stories really helps people feel less alone and feel more empowered to take their career back into their own hands and make something of it. So thank you again for stopping by. If you'd like to leave a like or a comment, subscribe or share, or leave us a review on iTunes, and I think maybe even Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in all of your career endeavors, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.